Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to Breath of Pragma. Well, today's show is a very exciting show. Uh, it is the last in a 24-week or six-month series of Breath of Pragma. The song you were just listening to is Fred Hammond called Celebrate He Lives, and it's a song about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and that is certainly something we should celebrate. My name is Dr. Dennis Daniels, and I'm a pulmonologist, and I've been serving the people of the United States of America for over two decades. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a Lord and there is a creator. And we created Breath of Pragma because we believe in the breath of life. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it reads that God took man and formed him from the dust of the earth. But then the Lord himself, who created everything, breathed directly into the nostrils the breath of life. And thus, the first man became a living being. In Job chapter 7, it says, Oh, remember that my life is a breath. In Job chapter 33, verse 4, it says, The Spirit of God has made me. And the breath of the Almighty gives me life. When Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to the disciples, he said, it, the Bible literally says that he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. We all know that the power of life and death are in what we speak. We know that if we say positive things, to plants or our children or our puppies or other people. Our relationships with them are healthier. Which child will be healthier? The one who is told they're fat and ugly by their parents or the one who is told they're beautiful by their parents? This is common sense. These things tell you that there is a moral component to us, a consciousness. Something inside of us tells us what is right and what is wrong. We feel terrible when we see tragedies occur. That's why it's so attention getting. That's why news channels that want your attention so they could sell more commercials show you tragedy because there's something inside of you that feels sad, that feels unrest, that feels emotionally charged at that tragedy. You see a story about a woman who rescues dogs and someone set her barn on fire and all those rescued dogs were killed. And you feel angry. You feel sad. Well, why? If we are nothing more than a few molecules that accidentally came together when lightning struck a bowl of water on a mountaintop somewhere, then why care? Because the dog is nothing more than a bowl of water and molecules. And you're nothing more than a bowl of water and molecules. But the very fact that you have a conscience tells you there's something more to us than just flesh. We are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings. The concept of a creator has never been disproven. However, hundreds of thousands or even millions of arguments against a creator 
have been crushed, just crushed. There was a time when people believed that there was no Jesus, that there were just many gods, and one of them was Apollo, who rode a chariot pulling the sun across the sky. But we now have the knowledge to understand that Apollo is silly. But we can measure the temperature of the sun. We can get close to measuring how big our universe is. We can microwave a frozen piece of meat to the point that it's safe to eat within a matter of a few seconds. We can sit in a car and step on a gas pedal and travel across the world. We have knowledge. We have intelligence. We're not primitive. And yet all the knowledge we have, and no one has ever been able to disprove a creator. You want to know why? Because we're here. It's funny. The person trying to disprove creation has been created. Trace it all the way back to your grandmother and your grandfather and to their grandmother and grandfather and just keep going until eventually you come to the very first human. Even evolution books state that we all came from one man and one woman. There was something called the Human Genome Project and they literally called that one man and that one woman genetic Adam and genetic Eve. Every time we learn more science, we keep coming closer to understanding that there is a creator. But it's only common sense. How many times would you look at a snowman in an empty field and really honestly believe that that snowman was organized by chance? That somehow the way the snowflakes fell, they just created a snowman. When you see a computer, whatever device you're listening to right now, well, it was created. It exists. You're looking at it. You're listening to it. So it was created. And it's the same thing with humans. We exist. You're listening to me right now. You're probably sitting this next to someone right now. You're probably thinking of sharing what we're saying today with someone. And that person is alive. So because we are here, we had to come from somewhere. And where did the first of our kind come from? There's only one explanation that has never been disproven. But I want to take it to a point that is very difficult for anyone to argue against. The Bible speaks of uh, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says that the people who hated him had to admit that he did miracles. This is something that you just can't wrap your mind around. Right now, today, as you're listening to this, think about the last time anyone gave you a compliment. Think about the last time someone who does not like you, who is opposed to your existence, said anything nice at all about you. But do you know that biblical and extra biblical sources both state that those who hated Jesus or those who could care less feel like they have no dog in the fight. All, all of them agreed with those who follow Jesus that Jesus did miracles. 
And I want you to understand that. This is one of those points where the rubber just hits the road. This is, is the crossroads. You either believe the historical facts of biblical writers and non-biblical writers that there was a powerful being who really did make people see, who really did bring people back to life and cured incurable diseases. And he was crucified and resurrected. And this was witnessed not by one or two, not by his friends, not by the 12 disciples, but by everybody in earsight. People came from everywhere to watch Jesus be crucified. Why is that? When was the last time you started your car to drive across the country to see someone on death row get crucified? You barely would even turn it on television. So why is it that people came from everywhere to watch this one person die? Because they were killing the greatest teacher they had ever seen. Because they were crucifying a healer, a savior, one who made blind people see. Can you imagine? Lazarus was brought back to life by Jesus. Lazarus' sister, who was angry with Jesus for not being there to prevent him from dying, was also present. Imagine, Lazarus, brought back to life by the Lord Jesus Christ, had to sit there and watch ignorant, evil, mean people kill the one and only Savior provided to us by the God who created everything. If you sit down and pause for a second, just you, no arguing, no black and white, no Democrat and Republican, just plain old simple common sense and logic. Try to explain life without the story of the Bible. You can't. You either believe a magical rock came from nowhere, exploded, and then created everything. And things that explode don't create, they destroy. And how did it explode and create things like water? Explosions create energy and heat and fire, not water. It's impossible. It's impossible. Sometimes they try to say, well, there was a black hole formed. And then from this black hole, all creation came to be. But there's so many gaps in that story. Well, first of all, what material made up the black hole? What gave the black hole its energy? And a black hole is... A vacuum. It's it's tried at times to be explained as maybe even a portal between two time zones. And even if you can wrap your head around imagining that, that is something that was created because even the black hole obeys the laws of physics. If you burn something, it is changed forever. If you freeze water, it becomes a solid. There are laws of physics. If you drop something, it'll fall to the ground unless you apply enough energy that allows it to escape gravitational pull. In order for Jupiter to be sitting in space, it has to take up some area. It has to have some weight 
and it has to have a time to exist. So the fact that Jupiter is there means something put it there. It didn't just show up out of nowhere. But you understand that something had to create Jupiter while it was not exposed or subject to the laws of physics. I heard one person say that, how can you create God? How, how can God exist in time and space and matter? And the answer is simple. The God that created everything is outside of time and space and matter. And we can't comprehend that. And that's one of the reasons people say, well, since I can't figure it out, I just don't believe in it. Well, you can't figure out how to shoot a rocket to the moon or how to make a nuclear bomb, but they certainly exist. You can't figure out how to build a microwave, an oven, but they certainly exist. You know what you've never seen? You've never seen a frog get pregnant and give birth to a cat or a cat get pregnant and give birth to a monkey. But yet that's what they teach in school. That's evolution. And then they say, oh, it happens. It just takes it a really long time to occur. That means that at some point in time, we should have been able to document a salamander or lizard giving birth to a frog or a frog at least giving birth to another frog that perhaps have eyes like a cat or some some feature of a cat and maybe you know this generation is born with the eyes of a cat and the next generation is born with the paws of a cat and you realize as i'm saying this to you how silly and unintelligent illogical and unscientific that sounds and that is the core of evolution. If you think what I just said was stupid, then you disagree with evolution. When you look at your computer, you don't think, oh, a piece of plastic and some wires evolved by chance into that computer. It was created. Because you are created, you are wonderful. You are what I call right now beautiful. Here at Breath of Pragma, if nothing else, we've tried to encourage you to use your words to say beautiful, wonderful things about other people. You know how you feel when someone says something good to you. And that's what we have, the power to make people feel better. We've had studies where people wake up every morning and they say something nice to the subjects being studied. And then you have another group of people where nobody gives them any compliment. They're not mean to them. They're just not nice to them. And the people who were spoken to in a nice way were overall healthier. I mean, measurable, physically healthier. We don't have to tell you this. Babies that are neglected or told they're ugly, don't grow up as healthy as those who are told they're beautiful. In Genesis, I believe it's chapter five, verse two, it reads, and he created them male and female and blessed them. 
In Genesis 1, chapter 27, it says, So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 31 says, Then he saw everything and made, and indeed he said, It was good. The Lord called, called you beautiful. The God who created everything called you beautiful. So you need to look at yourself in the mirror and unashamed, without hesitation, declare there is a creator and that creator says that you are right now beautiful. Imagine if you woke up and every morning the first thing you saw or heard was someone telling you that you are right now beautiful. Can you imagine? Can you understand how that would make you feel? You know how it would make you feel. But now realize you have the power to do that for other people. Here at Breath of Pragma, we've spoken about lung health. And all I'm going to say about lung health today is don't inhale any poisons. And whatever you do, exercise and build a good pragma relationship with your healthcare provider. Eat right and do not put poisons in your body and definitely don't inhale them. That's step one. That is step one. Now, back to our breath of pragma. It is a matter of us deciding in our hearts and in our minds what it is that we are or what it is that we want to be. Do we want to be something that's evil and bad and wrong? Or are we on the side of good and not on the side of evil? The power that you have inside of you, in your voice, that power is a gift from the God who created everything. That God gave you the breath of life. He breathed it into you himself, directly from him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says two simple words. Pursue love. That's it. If anyone ever asks you, what was Breath of Pragma about? That's what I want you to tell them. That we believe there's a creator. We believe that creator breathed the breath of life in you. And that you are to use that breath of life to say good things. Pragma love is the practical everyday practice of being nice to people. That's it. Nothing, nothing greater than that. There's no more to that. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, it says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10, it says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same judgment. Be one. Be kind to each other. I mean, how it can't be more simple than that. Another message that I would want to leave you with is... Rudyard Kipling has a quote, Rudyard Kipling, Kipling, and it reads, Of all the liars in the world, sometimes the worst 
are our own fears. It has been shown that 365 times the Bible says, have no fear. Not only does it say, have no fear, but God actually threatens those who have fear. In fact, there are times in the Bible, like in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, he correlates those who have fear with those who are murderers. That's how much God says, I don't want you to have fear. So fear is the opposite of faith. That's one way to think of it. The more fear you have, the less you believe God is your provider, the less you believe there is a creator and a savior. So let your hope and let your faith exceed your fear all the time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, love is patient and love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and it keeps no records of wrong. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 14 says, do everything in love. That's it. That's what Breath of Pragma was from the beginning and here at the end. Do everything in love. That's what we want to say. We're running out of time. We're coming to the end of our last show. And I want to thank you for joining us for this 24 week, week series on lung health and on Pragma Love. The Breath of Pragma website and the Breath of Pragma podcast are still going to be active. We won't stop teaching about lung health and we won't stop teaching about the breath of life. So if you want more of Breath of Pragma, then visit us at breathofpragma.com. Until then, I would say to you, rejoice because we have a great high priest. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, it says, But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And here's a very important verse, and I hope you take time to listen to this and say it with me as I say it. When I say a sentence, you read it out and speak it out loud. Romans chapter 10 says, Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. One of the most famous verses in the Bible is John 3.16 and it reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I say this to you, there's always naysayers, there's always those who lie. In 1 John chapter 4 it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. And that's how you know. That is it. <clears throat> At the end of every day, I encourage you to look back on the things you did and said and ask yourself, does my day total something that is positive and good for myself, for mankind, for Christ? Today, did I do something that helped 
wrongfulness or did I do something to help good? There's good and evil in the world and it doesn't matter at the beginning really which creator you believe in. The fact is both of them have the same enemy. There is a demon. There is a devil. There's evil and you know it. You've seen it. If you're listening to this and you've been hurt before, then you've seen it. You watch the news, you see it. You yourself or it's impossible to live in this world and not know the wrongful things, the immoral and unethical things that get inflicted on human beings. Stalin was the leader of Russia, and yes, it, yet it's estimated that as the leader, he killed 60 to 100 million of his own people. But we're not going to spend our last few minutes talking about evil things. Just do this. Focus on saying good things to people and to yourself because you're right now beautiful. Spread pragma love. Every single day, practice loving yourself. Practice loving your neighbor. Practice being kind. Treat people the way you want to be treated. That's simple. That's pragma love. And when you do it every single day and you practice every single day, that's pragma love. Honestly, when you study it, you'll realize no other love can exist without pragma love, without the practical everyday application of that love. Saints, we're out of time. This is the last show of the 24-week series. If you want more Breath of Pragma, please visit us at our website, and we'll continue to teach about lung health. We'll continue to provide insights and understandings that prove our Creator and our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. But if it should happen that you don't hear my voice again, if it should happen that the last words I get to say to you are right now, then I leave you with this. Every single day, there will be no harm in you saying these simple words. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, I love you. I belong to you. I want to live the way you would have me live. I want to be with you for all eternity. Now please, Guide my steps and guide my voice. And thank you for the breath of life. Amen.